Hello and welcome back to Dublin Radio Gamescast. As always, I'm your host, Ryan, and I'm joined today by my lovely duo of co-hosts, Alex. Hi. And Wyatt. Hello, hello. It's Game Pass Games Club week. We're going to be talking about a set of four games that we all played that are all on Game Pass, and thankfully this month, none of them are leaving <laughs> as this episode's <laughs> coming out. So they'll all still be there for you to play uh, if you would like to play along. And yeah, we're, we're talking about, we're not going to spoil anything deep in because we only play these for one to two hours to get kind of a demo treatment and try a bunch of different games we wouldn't have tried. So we're going to go through these starting, I think. Let's get Ninja Gaiden out of the way. <laughs> we played, so we... For the Ninja, for the Ninja I'm Gaiden discussion, I'm just going to grab this. <laughs> just make this take, whole take discussion a, a little bit... Exactly. <laughs> um, for reference, we've played through all three Ninja Gaiden games as part of this show over the past year. Uh, Ninja Gaiden 1, I think Alex and I had a good time with, uh, but the others were not super positive on it. Nope. Ninja Gaiden 2, I think similar story. Uh, better game than the first, but not... At least more modern than the first, but also better has game? a lot of issues. I can, I can acknowledge... I can find myself getting as far in 2 as I did in 1. Maybe that was... Time commitment, or you know, same esque. I think it was time. I think we did that episode like right around at a bunch of big releases or something. Um, I can acknowledge, as someone who doesn't like any of these Ninja Gaiden games, I can acknowledge that it was better. Like there were noticeable improvements almost across the board. Now, Ninja Gaiden Three Razor's Edge, (laughs) and then it just takes a nosedive. (laughs) Very famous for basically killing the Ninja Gaiden franchise. It didn't sell well. It's not good. Uh, they took the format of the first two games and instead pivoted because of like stuff like God of War was popular at the time, and God of War had a lot of QTEs. So they took that from God of War, but took it poorly <laughs> and didn't make them good. And basically there... took a bunch of stuff that is just not fun. <laughs> I, I have a question. Is there any game mechanic from the early 2000s or to like mid 2000s that is aged more poorly than QTEs? They are I so QTEs have awful in games that now have them, like Spider Man and um, Ghost of Tsushima has got some that are good. Like uh, games that actually do it well, like Yakuza. Also oh, games that games like... that do it now is fine. But you go back and play a game from this era with QTEs, it is a nightmare yeah. every time. Every especially time. Ninja Gaiden Three because Ninja Gaiden Three tosses them everywhere. Has them uh, so awesome. S- the timing is tight in this one, and if you don't get them, you are just gonna die half the time. Uh, and they're not fun. They're they're like weird hold the left trigger and move a direction things that just don't respond well. Um, yeah, which is weird for a franchise that is known for having responsive controls. So, oh yeah, <laughs> the the controls in this one were markedly worse. Somehow, I, 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 I think like it's because. I didn't... <laughs> <laughs> I, ahead, I felt what? like I, I I felt like I wasn't really contributing to the fight at all, and there was That's a couple. A good way there's to put a, it. Yeah, there, there's a couple things that are going on. One, I felt like sometimes I would be hitting the X or the Y button, and he it, he just wouldn't do anything. He would just sit there. Also, the the camera was placed in such a such an obnoxious way where everything was covering the camera, and you couldn't tell what was going on. That's just. To add on top of that, sorry, I'm like, I I can't form coherent sentences because of how much... Let's talk about the camera for a second, Wyatt, because you brought that up, (laughs) Okay. and I I think I disagreed with you in the last two games, and you were like, you really didn't like the camera. Aside from one or two fights, I was like, they're bad in those fights. The camera in three, so bad. (laughs) 
It's awesome. so bad. It, it's like the person controlling the camera is, is uh, playing an FPS and they're doing the 60-40 rule where 60% of the screen is always in cover. Yeah, it has the same problem that Bayonetta 3's camera has in that, like, Bayonetta 3 gets around this by not being as punishing of the game. Like, it doesn't matter as much there. But because there's so much shit on the screen constantly, you just can't tell what's going on. And they keep throwing big enemies at you, and you just can't see. Like, the difficulty is not the fight. It's I can't tell what they're doing because there's a giant leg in front of my face and eight explosions going off in the middle, and I just can't tell what's going on. I'm pretty uh, sure... It <laughs> Now I don't know much about the development of this game, so they had so, to include like a whole so other separate mechanic where it's just like, okay, press down the 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 stick to find out where you're supposed to go because they couldn't design a level properly. But also, <laughs> doing that is so disorienting because it suddenly like whips your camera in the other direction, and, like hyper focuses like a zoom lens, and it's terrible. It's not good. Yeah. Um, I, I don't. It feels I don't bad. know much about. I don't know much about the about the behind the scenes of this game, but. I what this feels like is that they got a team of of genius scientists to sit down and create a mathematical formula that then generated the exact angle for the camera that would be the most annoying. <laughs> they they got it to like a pinpoint precision like you couldn't have put it anywhere else to make this game like any more obnoxious. You you like you you got it. Perfect. <laughs> Leave it. <laughs> I God, and then to add, on, to add on top of all of that, all of the enemies look like 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 everyone has a similar color palette. So sometimes I was losing track of where Ryu was. <laughs> like I was like, "Am I behind that guy? Am I behind that guy? Or no, that is me." Wait a minute. <laughs> there, 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 there's also poor. I, at least I felt it, it's very hard to tell when you're getting hit and how long mm -hmm. that staggers you yeah. for so it's impossible to know when you're able to you know act again if something truly hit you or missed you because so many enemies at the beginning have guns as well it's pretty much impossible to you know not yeah. get hit entirely it was also um, like the tutorial was annoying because they had the text at the bottom of the screen while you're being attacked like relentlessly so it's like you don't even have time to read it because you're already like being attacked <laughs> and you can't take that many hits it was just i was like what does that say wait what oh god <laughs> it was like it was so uh like uh just all in your face right off the bat like i remember the the first game had this really nice build-up of like yeah uh, a you, you might handle like one or two enemies at the same time in the in the village and then yeah, yeah, gradually ramping up the density to a yeah, point where you could handle it. Yeah, a lot of it was like taking in the environment, learning how, you know, your um, traversal and your movement worked and stuff like that. And then it kind of built up to it. This just like throws you right into it, like immediately and not not in like a fun way where it's exciting. It's just annoying. <laughs> yeah. And it's like, oh, and... oh, no, prime minister's in danger. Ryu Hayabusa, come do your chores. Oh, go, 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 go. It's bizarre, too. <laughs> the story is wild in this one. <laughs> it's immediately too complicated, and you don't know what's going on. Uh, in a way, that I think the first two games didn't feel like that at all. Um, so behind all... the scenes of Ninja Gaiden oh. 3 a little bit, we played Razor's Edge, which is technically the best version of 3. There was a, the original version of 3 released with, get this, one weapon. <laughs> Just Tons the sword. of QTs, 
are really the main character Ryu Hayabusa does some like wild shit in that game uh, and it took out a bunch of the combos and basically was a terrible game it was made it did not have the creator of the franchise had left uh, Itagaki and for Razor's Edge I believe some of the people came back to make three that had left uh, or to make the Razor's Edge version but they only had a year to make this Razor's Edge version Whoa. so it was cranked out super fast um, and obviously a lot of the problems that were in the base game are still here and yeah oh. it, it it shows okay all you need to know about the the behind the scenes of this game is that there's an entire what happened by matt mcmuscles on it which oh yeah and it, it's almost 20 minutes long which means there's a lot to get into <laughs> oh yeah I it's watch really that. interesting I it's a great video um Ghost yeah it's, it's wild razor's edge i i think the thing here is the combat is probably on par with the other games but because of how visually messy everything is it's super hard to tell what's going on like it even oh, if the combat did they is manage as to, good did they manage to get in the the combos and stuff that you had in the yeah, previous they games they, okay, they did I manage was to not able to the execute them after you have to unlock a lot of the them. past two games okay yeah you got you have to go through oh. and like get the, the thing oh, God. It, which isn't great it feels and, weird that first like robot fight too was so okay. So we all messy. we have all at least made it to the spider <laughs> tank. Yeah, I think most I of us quit pretty quick afterwards. Um... I got to that second boss fight and I was like, nope. You got to the nah. second one. Oh wow. Nope. <laughs> What's the second one? It's just some asshole in like a in like a mask, and it, it was oh. oh god, it's so awful, so <laughs> terrible. And the spider take, oh I, I, it's not a technically difficult boss. Like it isn't mechanically difficult. It is when the controls are working against you constantly. It is super hard to tell what's going on because it's too big. It's too big to fit on your screen. Yep. It's doing a bunch of particle effect heavy things, and you just can't tell what's happening. It like turns and tries to flamethrow you, and you have to just keep dodging repeatedly, and it just is is boring. Uh, and then you need to break a bunch of armor on these things, but you have no real clue when you're actually breaking it. And it just starts to do once you break one piece of armor, it will do this obnoxious slam attack over and yeah. over with very little tell, and it's just very obnoxious. Yeah, it none of the attacks have tells, especially when uh, if you're like me and the music was. I just immediately like the 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 settings were were borfed somehow in in this and it was always at 100% volume for everything unless it was at zero and there are somewhat like there there's some level of sound cues for attacks which um if you don't want to get a migraine instantly and instead 25 minutes in you turn the sound all the way down um yeah so that was a disservice to myself and also if um there, there was just some point where, uh, um, for five attempts in a row, I was immediately stunlocked by the flamethrower, couldn't get out, and just died five times in a row without being able to do anything, and then it fixed itself. Um, I, I was finally able to get like the the boss down to the last bit after you know, kiting it with the with the obnoxious turning and stuff like that. It was incredibly inconsistent. Uh, to get its weak point to show for the the final attack thing. Uh, I get to it, and the controls are just so awful, I can't jump up to the platform uh, where it is to hit it. Oh, okay. I had a similar issue, but it was worse. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I couldn't I couldn't jump up to the platform to hit it. It took me way too long to get up there, and then when I finally did, it did its stupid, like, like 
blue circle attack and killed me. I was there. I was so close to finishing. I was so close to finishing that boss, and then it killed me last second because I couldn't because I was struggling with the controls. I I had to put the game well, down. Getting for like on 10 that minutes. getting on that <laughs> ramp is not easy. You have to like hit it no. pixel perfect to get on, and it will slam if you jump mid slam. It, it is, knocks you back. It, it to go back. It it's is so obnoxious. Most <laughs> annoying bullshit in a game I have seen in years. Yeah. It, it felt like a boss that was designed in Ninja Gaiden One. That is like the worst boss in the game. It, and the thing is, Ninja Gaiden One's bosses were generally very good. So it's it's like it, I, and I wasn't angry at the game because I was I I wasn't angry at the game. I wasn't angry at myself. I was a little angry at Ryan for making us do this. Um, oh, I was I, I, I was, mean. I, was I, I was cursing you. Ryan's I was, name. I was the by time. I was like by I was nowhere near like how furious i can get at other games oh uh, i was i just can't rate. wait to make you two play wolong <laughs> oh wolong's good yeah. wolong's not because, bad. because, because i was like okay maybe i can find like some enjoyment in how goofily bad it is no uh, i've i've accepted my my fate as to how horrible this is but to have a game uh of this caliber Give me the third worst migraine I've ever had in my life <laughs> to just sense. try to deal with so it. So many flashing lights and like random obnoxious oh, sounds. Yeah. I'm surprised you got as far as you did, to be honest. Like, yeah, I'm, I'm, actually I'm stunned. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, there's not a ton of redeeming stuff. I, maybe I, if you play this game on like easy, it would be fine. Oh, I was I, playing it on easy. Well. I tried it on I'm normal. Getting stunlocked by the tank that five times. Mistake. Yeah, I was that on was normal. I regretted it as soon as it. I normally play action games on hard, but it, this was obnoxious. After, it was obnoxious after, and unfun. After I couldn't hit the ramp, I'm just. I just was able to calmly put the controller down. Be like, all right, cool, that's it. And I uh, uh, took special prescription strength migraine <laughs> medication and probably a few too many Excedrin uh, <laughs> and fell into a sleep I wasn't sure I'd wake up from. <laughs> uh, I do want to say a couple of good things about Ninja Gaiden Through Razor's Edge. No, not allowed. Um, not the allowed. obliteration technique looks cool. That's neat. Not is as cool as it did in two. When you, is that, that's the one where you injure an enemy, you're able to finish them. Right? Yeah, you can finish them off, and you do like a sick move. That's pretty what neat. Was the, what was the like the like said the, the like line that they had for the in the tutorial? It's like. Enemies freak out when they're about to die. Yeah, it's like enemies go oh, get really? crazy when they're about to die. And Gee, thanks. Obliteration technique on them. Uh, yeah, it, that is cool. That's been in the other Ninja Gaiden games, and it's better in those games. Yeah, but because the camera work didn't uh, have a seizure whenever you were obliterating. There's, there's cool ones too. for the alternate weapons here. Uh, that's something that the other ones I don't remember if they had as oh, yeah, cool animations the, for the alternate weapons. With the, the claws, you do cool. kick through a guy. Yeah, there's one where you, like, kick and you, like, hook your arm. That's cool. Uh, doesn't forgive the game. So the moment that I quit this game is I got to a challenge skull where you do, like, a challenge fight. Uh, I got most of the way through it, and then the final wave of enemies, they just throw a bunch of German shepherds at you. Like, German <laughs> shepherds with vests on them. And every time you hit them, they cry like an actual dog. Oh, God! And they oh, keep God. doing it. They keep doing it. And that thing is in so many of them. I was like, I this is not fun. No, and then the, the developers moment that are I quit, three are just bad people. <laughs> the moment I quit <laughs> is when it did. It, there was an obliteration technique animation on the dog. Oh, for the dog. Oh, for Christ. the dog. Put a knife through it. So I was like, this is that's too much. That's too far for me. <laughs> I think I that was know. the uh, the step that went too far in. 
Wow, so I got I went further than both of you. Oh my I'm god. I'm shocked. I went past that first it, challenge. It was That's bad. insane. <laughs> well, because I died pretty early on in that challenge call, and I was like, uh, if I don't need to complete this to continue the game, then I don't give a shit. And then I just kept going. Yeah, you left. Um, and then I got to a boss. It was like some prick in like a in like a mask. And a I was like, nah, a I'm, mask. I'm, I'm sorry. I can't. Yeah, I, I did go a little bit past that challenge call, but I was like, nah. <laughs> I was even just at that point. No, I got to a... I got to a boss and we were we were kind of going back and forth and and it was annoying and I hated it and then there's there's a moment where when you get his health down halfway you like kick him out of the house that you're fighting in and then you're fighting in the backyard, um, and then I died and I was like oh god I'm gonna have to do this all over again no it like goes back to when you oh, kicked yeah. him outside of the house I was like oh that's kind of oh. nice there's a checkpoint but you keep the same amount of health and oh. I had a tiny amount of health left oh, oh so, so you're any time any time. <laughs> Every time I died, I would have this tiny amount of health, so I'd get in, like, one hit, and then he, he has this stupid attack, this bullshit attack where he just grabs you, stabs you, and then throws you. And it's like, I, and you can't, yeah, the he, he doesn't telegraph it. Too. He doesn't telegraph it at all, so it would just happen. Not the frequency of the checkpoints, but the fact oh. that, you know, it will, it will deathlock you is um, awful. I, Bad game practice. I... <laughs> I'm, I'm glad we've I, all had I the am, same experience I can't here. do this I am, I, uh, Wyatt, I am so impressed in you that you were able to make it further than Ryan <laughs> I, I think for game. me because I play so many character action games that are legitimately very good and enjoyed the other two I just went, went I don't want to play through the rest of this <laughs> and to be clear well. like I've, I've played action games that I have like, like ga games in this genre I'm like I recognize that this is good and it's not for me. Or there's ones that I've actually like genuinely liked. I I started um, uh, what was it? Age uh, Transformers. What was it? Devastation. The the uh, yeah, the, yeah, the um, platinum Transformers game. And that was sick. That was so much fun. <laughs> yeah, but platinum. Like this... some, I I think you would enjoy most of Platinum's action games. Yes, yeah. and I, I did uh, play and finish Vanquish, which is a little bit different, but Vanquish was awesome. Also, a platinum um, action game. Yeah, exactly. Um, but like, yeah, this is just this is just the worst, the worst thing. <laughs> I love like the it's look in your eyes worst. is like a war veteran right now. <laughs> it's like I, you're smiling, I you're trying to smile it. through the pain, and it's not working. Oh, what 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 tour were you on? I three Razor's it. Edge. <laughs> At least you weren't stuck with regular NG three of those poor bastards. <laughs> yeah. I don't oh, think I'll God. ever finish this game unless someone forces me to. I'm, um, I'm uninstalling it from my computer right now. If you oh, want to play Ninja point. Gaiden, do play that. 1 and 2. 1 and 2 are good, if not very difficult. They're, they're very difficult games, but 1 and 2 are legitimately good action games. I know, they ease you into things and teach you nah. <laughs> how to play the game. The, the attack animations are cool. They are too flashy, so you can't see the screen. Uh... Enemies are there's so many enemies that are just like off screen all the time that are hard to react to. Uh, everything feels bad. It's not great. Maybe some hardcore Ninja Gaiden fans will enjoy it, but I I doubt it. Let's move on. <laughs> Get out of here. Who wants to go gladly? Uh, I'll go next. I'll go next. Uh, I I pick Sea of Thieves, which. Thinking about it now is kind of a difficult game to describe because it's so its own thing. <laughs> um, open world, uh, I guess, shared world pirate game. You can crew up with just you 
or three other of your buddies in three different size ships and go on wacky pirate cartoon adventures. You can um, you can do different uh, quests and and uh, voyages and stuff for certain factions. There's like story missions. They also have uh, DLC content that's like themed around Pirates of the Caribbean and Monkey Island and stuff, which is fun. Fun to see what's uh, break Monkey Island. Yeah, but but I mean, you you know, you, you go out, you find some treasure, you fight some skeletons, you shoot down some ships, you get boarded by uh, players that yell the N word at you all the time, and uh, and it's a it's a damn good time if you're into that kind of thing. <laughs> yeah, I think this was the game that we played the most of because we played a good amount of this game. Wyatt and I did, I think, two separate like five hour sessions. In addition to the multi-hour session we did with you and other Alex. so In addition I'll... to all the times that I've played this game with other friends over the years. Yeah, a number <laughs> of like, solo sessions. And we did a lot of say, shorter ones, too. So, Monkey Island. The, the Monkey Island bit was ridiculously fun for yeah, how we could great. play until, until the motion sickness took over. <laughs> yeah, yeah in so, total... so we played a, a good amount of regular Sea of Thieves, like adventure mode. We did... Wyatt and I just together did part of the Shorebreaker tall tale shroud breaker yeah. uh tall tale we did a couple of those and then with the whole group we did uh the monkey island stuff which yeah. was very fun so we, we've got a, a good experience of like a, a lot of different systems in this game um and yeah let's start with monkey island because I, I think that's the thing that we were all there for and then why and i can get into our thoughts on the non-instanced stuff mm-hmm. um yeah monkey island is is really cool it's a you set off from one of the outposts into a big archway that takes you to a not PVP area. It's like your own instance of an island that you can kind of explore and do the point and click thing and collect a bunch of items. You're collecting pieces of eight to give to people to get items and, and solve how to go find Guybrush Threepwood hiding away in his mansion. I think we had a, a good time doing that. And then spritz skeletons with root beer. Spritz skeletons with root beer. We had to assemble a skeleton. That was fun. And and uh, after brutally mauling one, <laughs> and comparing this to the uh, the uh, Pirates of the Caribbean expansion, whenever they do these themed expansions, they go so hard with the references and really making you feel like they're in the world that they're bringing into Sea of Thieves, right? Like, I mean, the 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 first mission for the Pirates of the Caribbean expansion is literally just an entire city where it recreates the ride with like some fun gameplay segments where you basically have to like fix it and and it's oh it's fantastic um they they do it's it it never feels cheap the like references and and it, it never feels cheap and it never feels cynical it always feels like they're recreating things as closely as they can with the sea of thieves art style and with gameplay and they do it in a loving way and you can, it's it's so easy to tell just by walking around Melee Island, like what we were doing. It was fantastic. Yeah, I think it was very fun. It's a, it definitely has point and click logic, but I think for a Monkey Island expansion, I'd expect that. I'd be disappointed if there wasn't. Oh, it's um, wonderful. I, admit, I need to do some more point and click games. It was really is... fun doing it cooperatively, too, because I think that, yeah. I think it would have taken any one of us a lot longer to do on our own. Yeah. Then it ended Absolutely. up taking with all of us kind of doing different parts of it at the same time of like trying to figure yeah, out I, what's the next step and how do we get the thing that we need. I, I think there's a very interesting untapped market for co-op point-and-click games. Oh, yeah, absolutely. 
yeah co-op like first person puzzle was very fun it's a it's a fun mix of things and it was um, a it was a point logic that wasn't stupid like when you play mist sometimes you're like what huh how's i supposed to figure that what are you, ta- what are you talking it's about it's stupid but it's like obviously stupid like it it yeah. points stupid. you in the it's, right direction it's stupid in the funny like co- comedic way that monkey island lands so well yeah, yeah there's 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 a guard that's like a it's like a ghost but then you can also see a skeleton underneath He's like oh there needs to be a changing of the guard and i need to so my buddy comes along, then you're thinking to yourself, "Oh, there's a there was a dog that was chewing on a bone earlier. There's like a rib cage that's in a uh, like a jail and stuff." And you're like, "Oh, maybe I have to like recreate a a skeleton." And you like you kind of come to those conclusions naturally, or at least we did. You know, we didn't really look up anything because the because the bones and everything are in the areas you've been before, but they've just been you know set pieces yeah. until you yeah. think you can do something with them. I, I imagine if we were playing solo, we probably would have at some point had to look something up. With the four of us, I think we were able to brute force most of the solutions by just having by sheer force of numbers, looking across the island to find ways to get to the areas we need to get to. So, mm-hmm. I, I think that was the ideal way to play it. It felt like we were able to actually, because none of us had like looked at this before, we were able to solve it naturally and had enough manpower to kind of go through and, and pick our way through in a way that didn't make it too difficult um, yeah, or two point and click logic yeah that was very fun uh, it's not a combat focused thing it's it, mostly a puzzle thing and you get although we did only play one mission there are multiple yeah um, what I will say is um, if it follows in the footsteps of the uh, Pirates of the Caribbean stuff there will be a lot more like combat focused missions mm-hmm. um, they do a lot of the like reference heavy lifting in the first mission and then they kind of go off and do their own thing while still kind of sticking to the expansion, um, you know, sticking to the to the material that they're working with. But um, yeah, that seems to be the theme where it's like the first mission is like pure just reference nostalgia, but done cleverly. Um, and then the next missions after that are more like what you would typically find with other like Sea of Thieves tall tale missions. Yeah. All right, let's get into the regular Sea of Thieves loop because this is the bulk of what Y and I played. Um, it's the bulk of what most people playing Sea of Thieves are probably playing unless they're like me and don't like PvP and so do all the non-PvP we'll get stuff. Into. Which we'll get um, into. <laughs> yeah, I'll say our first time, like our first actual session of this game, we had a really good time. We ran into a bunch of other players, but none of them were like, aggressive. We wound up playing music with a different group as they were like looting a shipwreck. Uh, which mm-hmm. is very fun. And then we wandered off on our own separate ways. So that that was, I think, the, the sort of quintessential experience that I liked of this was getting to wander into other players. And because I hadn't had the negative experiences that Wyatt had, I was not immediately jumping to, this is going to be awful. <laughs> From now on, I will. <laughs> we we had those negative experiences afterwards, um, yeah. which have been, since soured me on that idea. But um, at the time, it was, it was fun to be naive in... For a day. <laughs> a naive child. <laughs> a naive child for a day and get to experience fun stuff. Um, while we just ran around doing some island missions and whatnot and getting getting gold and loot. Um, yeah. I would say uh, in terms of a, a lot of your missions are... They're, they're, there's essentially three different types. There's a lot of variation, but there's three different types. There's... Uh, you get a tr- you get a treasure map. You go to a... You gotta go to the island. You gotta dig up the treasure maps and bring it back to a guy. There's... You have to take cargo from one island to another in a certain amount of time. 
and there's also go hunt skeletons and bring the skulls back to the, to these other people, right? Um, the the interesting thing about it um, is that for a lot of these missions, they really don't hold your hand that much, uh, especially the the uh, like gold hoarders missions where you have to go out and find treasure chests to bring back. A lot of it is, hey, here's a here's a treasure map. Here's the island. That we're not going to tell you what the island is called. You have to go to the map and look for it. Um, and oh. it's like, oh, that looks like the same map, so we're going to go there. Um, and then when you get to the island, you know, it has the the X's on the on the on the map. But actually coordinating and figuring out where you are on the island in relation to where the X is on your map is a whole other challenge and so sometimes there's a lot of running around of like where is it like is it, like is it between these two trees with this rock behind me like is that is that where i am right now and i, I feel like that's it's both a little frustrating when you're kind of running around in circles but also really rewarding when you find what you're looking for and the game hasn't like really held your hand that much I definitely agree with that. I think one of the cool things we with Alex when we were playing, we did a mission to run to an island to get a chest. And then we wound mm -hmm. up finding like five other hidden things on the island and having to do a bunch of puzzles to find other chests that were hidden there. And that's fun. That's like the, yeah. the fun experience of yeah. doing the pirate the, stuff. The the paces mechanic is also pretty pretty neat for some of the puzzles too. Yeah. There's a lot of just neat stuff in this game. Like like you were saying, the um there's there's a lot of riddles that'll tell you where to go on a specific island, but again, you kind of have to figure it out for yourself. It's like, it's a, it's all kind of uh, poems and 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 rhymes. So you kind of have to like based on the shape of the island means. or something. Yeah, it's it's really interesting. And there's it's like oh, uh, with this on uh, with this you know specific thing at your back, walk five paces forward, and you're like, what do you mean paces? But if you hold open your compass, you look down, you look up at your compass. And then you walk forward. It specifically animates, and and there's a there's a sound for your like individual footsteps. And so it's like that's five paces. Just really cool, subtle mechanics that Sticks again really bolster really really well. Yeah, yeah. Without being too frustrating, it it rides that that line really really well. Yeah, and the other bulk of the game is sailing. You have a pretty in depth sailing system here, where you got people that can helm, and you can helm the ship and steer it. Uh, you can be raising and lowering sails and like matching their angle to match the wind to get you more speed. Um, you have an anchor that you can raise and lower that factors in. And if you're fighting other players, you can do funky anchor turns or get stranded because they knocked your anchor down. You have to now go undo the anchor. Um, you've got cannonballs and cannon fights obviously happening. And that's another very fun part of the game. Um, as long as you aren't getting absolutely trounced on. <laughs> Yeah, we've got the experience um, of the 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 ship. The ship designs are great. The sloop, which is designed for one to two people, I I always push back when people are like, "Oh, it's a great game. It's just not fun to play solo." I always push back in that because it's like, "No, no, no, no. This can be fun solo." A, I mean, as long as you're not running into other players who just want to grief you, because then it can be really difficult if you don't know what you're doing. But the sloop is designed so well that you can easily sell that thing solo. And yeah. and you can go off and and do whatever missions you need to do. It's it's very doable solo, and I would argue, like very fun solo. Yeah, we'll get into the thing that I think has Alex and I most apprehensive, which is other players. Mm. Uh, oh yeah, because I Wyatt and I. PvP. So the reason that Wyatt and I couldn't get further in the 
a shroud breaker quest is because other players kept blocking us on the one island we needed to go to so we had to server hop which resets the quest and resets the island that you need to go to again so which we basically theory... had to completely redo the quest <laughs> Which, in theory, to be to be fair, that's a great idea if you want to replay this mission. Yeah, you have makes to, it replayable. It, it makes it replayable. Totally fine with that. Um, but in our specific situation, we didn't know that. I forgot because it had been a minute since I played. I forgot that was a thing. And so we're going to the same island. We're like, oh, there's no one there. It's perfect. And then we're like, oh, no, it's the wrong island. And we're all the way on one side of the map. Oh. <laughs> yeah. It's just annoying. It's like, because if you run into, if you, because we were on a sloop, if you're unlucky enough to run into a brig or a galleon, especially ones that are good at PvE, being myself a player that has not played this game before, obviously not very good at PvP. I, why you don't do a lot of the PvP and are probably also not that great at it. And so. I'm not, yeah. yeah. I, so I avoid the, it when um, possible. <laughs> and you warned me about this right before we started, but the, um, oh boy, the, the, the combat is kind it's of awful good. feeling with hand-to-hand. So, so, hand. so we have to separate combat up a little bit. Ranged combat, totally fine. Feels good. The the, the ship shots combat feel... feels good. Like, the ship, ship combat's very feels good. good. The combat, two-thirds of the combat is fine. It's swordplay and melee combat that sucks. <laughs> it feels terrible. Like, it's not even... Whenever we talk about Starfield and, and Starfield Comer, like it has to be baseline fine and then like like acceptable and then that's fine because that's the kind of game it is. This doesn't even reach that level. It's it feels bad. <laughs> it's very floaty. You you do a very basic just like one, two, three combo, and there's like a lunge that you can do, but the wind up is so long, and if you miss your target, you're you're sitting there for like a solid second catching your breath. It feels it just feels bad. <laughs> Which yeah. is a shame. And apparently this is after they've already done a combat update. I wasn't playing this game before that, so apparently it was even worse at one that, point. <laughs> how did the game survive with the being like it that. It barely did. Well, because the rest of the game is good, right? Like, it, the yeah. combat is a relatively minor part of the game. Um, it doesn't need yeah. to be great when you're fighting skeletons and whatnot because you're focused on a lot of other things at once, and the puzzles are yeah. the best part of the game, I think, by far. Um, oh, yeah. I think what would great on this game if I were to play it long-term is I think progressively the more I play, just wanting to do the piratey stuff and, like, or the adventure stuff and go do the adventure quests and whatnot is really going to be other players because I had a great time. Our first session with other players where we had a lot of just really good interactions. Our second, like our two PVP fights that we wound up having were terrible because not only is the PVP, we're not good at it, which like I can forgive that. Uh, like we did the match made PVP once and that was fine because the other team wasn't like hurling <laughs> very hard insults our way and whatnot. They were just clearly better than we were. Um, that was that wasn't grading on us because we'd like opted into it and everything. You have to go through a process to be like, hey, yeah, I do want to do the PvP here. And we were like, yeah. yeah, let's go, let's try it out and see how this is. Uh, we're not good at it. In the actual open world PvP, what we found is it's ninety percent just people griefing you, basically. Yeah. If you're a new because, player or something, because there's two things that happen during the PvP that makes it insufferable. One, if you die, if your character dies, you respawn on your ship. Seems fine. That makes sense. The problem is 
enemy players can board your ship. So if they get below decks with a, you know, with a blunderbuss and you're trying to, to respawn, they're just going to wait there and camp for you to and just wait for you while their other buddy is pelting cannonballs at you and there's to your ship and there's nothing you can do about it all while they're yelling horrible, horrible things at you. Bad system. And then, yeah. And then the other problem is oftentimes in our experience, when, when our ship gets down once and then we respawn in an island and try and go back on our merry way, they're not done with you. They're going to keep chasing you. They're not done. <laughs> so it's like if they're onto you and you're, anywhere near the same area as they are and they see you, you basically just have to leave the server because they're not going to stop hunting you because they get some kind of sick, sick pleasure out of just make ruining other people's day. <laughs> yeah. I do wonder how bad it would have gotten to, because like the players that were hurling hard R's and whatnot around, uh, they had sent us a party invite and an alliance invite before, so I'm wondering if they would have done the same thing, but directly to our faces, not through like the oh, voice probably. chat if we had joined that party. Oh, um, probably. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Not not great. Uh, I think that's the biggest harming factor here because I don't want to advocate for them to take the PvP away because I think it's pretty integral to the feeling of the game. But I do think I won't play it again in the PV, at least in like a, a heavy <laughs> PvP way or not doing a tall tale because of that. Like, it, I, I, I think it's it's a catch 22 of the community is not great, at least yeah. that we ran into. So, I, my experience, and I have about, um, according to the Xbox app, I have about four days in this game, right? And a lot of my experience with it has not been terrible. Like, it's not the worst community that I've ever played with. Um, in, in terms of like online game communities it's not the worst you got the, the worst of it in those yeah and it feels sessions. exceptionally bad because you can have like if you're loaded up in our case we didn't have anything on our ship we were just trying to get to a point to do a tall tale and yeah. i we had like at that point we're getting camped trying to do this there is just nothing we can do except for server hopping and that of yeah. course led to the resetting the quest and we have to replay like an hour of stuff to get back to where we were which is not great yeah, uh, it's it's really unfortunate, and and something that I was telling that I was uh, saying to Ryan while we were playing while we were getting griefed like this, I was like, I think the solution is because there's a ton of ship customization, and you can fly certain flags that in theory there's there's like a friend there's like a friendship flag that you can fly where it's like, hey, I'm fine, I'm not gonna you know. Oh, attack those you people or are gonna get griefed the most. No, that's the thing. The people who are grieving everyone are the ones flying those flags because oh they want you to God. lower your guard. It's terrible. But I think that the solution is to have a flag that you can equip where it's like, hey, like you, you that makes can't you immune even, to PvP damage. Like you can't even engage with me at all, right? Like, like I, you just you're just going to be wasting your cannon shots, which which in theory can be abused in a sense where it's like you can you can, uh, you know. If you are in PvP with someone, oh, I can fly this flag and then I can repair everything so they can't attack me and then take it off again. But if you limit it to, like, you can only change it at, like, maybe it's a feature that you turn on when you go to outposts and stuff. So if you're really not feeling up to it, you just want to do it. Or you can only do like, it when you start your game or something. Like, you have to opt into it yeah. at the start. Um... I think there are solutions to it that are, that are never going to be a, like, perfect solution, but I think... I, I, I think, think it is something. what's stopping new players from playing this game. I, I think that Absolutely. is largely the thing. Of It feels like it's incredibly hard to get into as a new player because 
if you're not there for the PvP, you are just going to get PvP'd on repeatedly, um, yeah. which is not a great experience. And you can have like a cool story to tell from that. Like tons of people, like lots of YouTube content is basically solo players having cool stories of how they outran or like outsmarted other PvP crews or whatnot. But those people have been playing the game from day one. Like they've gotten very good at it. They're very dedicated. I think if you're a casual player or someone who just wants to play the pirate stories, which are very good, um, there's just tons in the way from it being very enjoyable because you're going to get these bad experiences. And maybe part of the solution is just take battle bits, voice chat moderation. Because <laughs> yeah, my lord, like the voice chat was the worst. Yeah. <laughs> we just open my game, like saying things that should not be said. And yeah, <laughs> BattleBit does a great job of moderating that stuff. With they have like a a funky tech they use to if you are on open mic, they will mod like monitor your mic, and if you start spewing stuff that shouldn't be spewed to other people in a room, it will ban you instantly. Uh, it's a really good way to make sure that those people don't keep causing problems in online, uh, the the online rooms and whatnot. So yeah, I, I think that and would it, be a potential it, solution here, but it's just not. Yeah, and it's such a shame because, like, when when you're not worried about other players attacking you, you can have such a fun time. Like the sandbox here has so many like interesting opportunities right like you can you can um there's like a big um harpoon on each ship that you can like um that you can shoot out and and you can like anchor you know your ship around if you're trying to make a tight turn or you can get a bunch of your the the loot back on your ship without having to like you know ferry it across the the water constantly you can even like attach it to your own uh (laughs) to your own like crewmates and throw them back on your ship and stuff and yeah there's just so many cool. There's even a tall tale where you use a um. You have to like read the constellations and the stars to figure out where to go. Just so many cool missions and and like sandbox uh mechanics and it just it sucks when all of that doesn't matter when you're being chased by a bunch of assholes. <laughs> yeah, it's just the frequency thing too. Of like, there's a frequency of it here that is not great. Um, at least from what we played and I I think that's rare is going to be rare is like biggest problem with getting new players is like yeah the captaincy stuff is cool there's tons of cool pets and whatnot I think if you if you want the shit pvp good game for you right also for everyone else it's not gonna grab you yeah also worth pointing out this game probably has the most relaxed fair battle pass I've ever seen (laughs) Like, it's actually super, super nice, because with most battle passes, it's like, you have your premium tier, where you earn rewards on every single tier, and then the free tier, it's like, you get something every, like, ten tiers or something like that. Here, completely flipped. You don't have to buy a a single thing, and every single tier you get rewards. A lot of it's gold, but that's still really helpful, because there's a ton of customization and swords and stuff to get in the game and then the premium tier is for like really nice stuff that you get every now and then it's 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 a very fair system and yeah it's just it's just a shame when you play for three hours and you feel like you made no progress because there's these dickheads hunting you down the whole time yeah it really is a game where like your play sessions either going to be great or you're going to spend the entire time you're playing just running away from people and be miserable um yeah. Which 
a lot of multiplayer games get around that by having match times just be very short. So you're not, if you at worst you've wasted 20 minutes or so, you know, you're not there for ages. Or it's a game like Battlefield or Battlebit where the matches might be long, but you don't need to stay the whole time. You can hop in, hop out, and it's your your minor contribution doesn't do enough in the grand scheme to really tilt the game one way or the other. So it's just more having fun doing FPS things. Whereas here it is, you can actively have your day ruined <laughs> by someone. Yeah. Um, which, yeah, doesn't feel great. I do still really like this game. I think there's a lot here to love. I just think I would be a lot more inclined to keep playing it if there were a way for me to just be like, hey, I only want to do the Tall Tales. Don't bother me. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. All right. Oh, art style beautiful. I don't know that we talked about that. Art style and oh, song, yeah. absolutely gorgeous. Phenomenal. I don't think a single other game has had better looking water. Like... It's yeah, that's I mean, great. They, which is they, good because the water is ninety percent. Yeah, it's most of what you're seeing. <laughs> yeah, but it's got this this fantastic, like colorful, uh, cartoony kind of like over exaggerated art style that I feel like is going to age really, really well. Um, and then they they just supported it really well with good looking water and fantastic lighting as well. Yeah. All right. Alex, are you ready to talk? Time for Book Thief? Time for Bookwalker. Bookwalker. Oh, that's right. Book Thief, Jackson, is a, Book Thief is a uh, book Percy thief Jackson is a, is in the, in the book, thief. book series. <laughs> it's actually uh, Lightning Thief, but that, that's fine. No, there, there is, there is a, a, a series called The Book Thief. Oh, okay. okay. Um, anyway. Which is not what we're uh, talking about today. Yeah, we... Uh, we were talking about, but we were previously talking about the the, the point and click elements of the Monkey Island uh, story. Yeah. Now imagine if that was all just the, just the game. Uh, we get a we get a fun uh, point and click uh, game about uh, be uh, having the power to jump into books and alter their story. Um, the, the the premise is essentially you are a writer. Who yeah, they just been, call you a writer. So. Who has been banned from writing for for writing propa propaganda against the state? So we got some nice nineteen eighty four stuff you get, going on. You of course get magical shackles put on you that stop you from writing. That give you permanent writer's block. And I believe what was, what was the sentence? He was sentenced to twenty years or something years. like this. Thirty I, years with the so, possibility someone... for it to go down to twenty eight <laughs> if you <laughs> served loyally. So as someone who didn't know a single thing about this, I I just wanted to go in not knowing a single... I just knew that it was called Bookwalker and it had this really cool-looking character design. I had no idea what was going on and that, in a good way. Like, I got this strange letter where it's like, yeah, you're not allowed to write. Sorry, you've been sentenced to... to and I was like, what? <laughs> What's going on? <laughs> yeah, and it's almost very Disco Elysium in the way that it starts. Of, like, yeah. It drops you into yeah. a world that you know nothing about. And just kind of goes, here, we'll leave a bunch of clues for you to figure it out as you go along. Like, we're not trying to make you actively confused, but we want you to be involved in the mystery, right, of what's going on. And I think this this was really effective in that regard. I was very curious as to what was going on very quickly. Yeah. yeah. Once so you have a couple, there's like two different, I guess, main types of, of exploration, which is in your apartment building. Uh, so far, I haven't gotten to a place where if you'd explore outside of it. Uh, and then inside the books. And in your apartment building, uh, it's 3D. Yeah, it's first person. Yeah, it's it's first person. Reminded me a lot uh, of Signalis with the Signalis like, sequences yes. that went first person. 
Yeah, yeah, it was really cool. And there, there are its own point-and-click uh, adventures and puzzles that you solve between uh, books uh, that you go into. But the the thing with you being a writer and how you're, you know, or were a writer, um, you you have the ability to jump into the into the worlds that books create. And there are certain people who pay you to get artifacts uh, from these books. Like uh, someone yeah. wrote a book about uh, a potion of youth or, or a potion of immortality. Yeah, a potion of immortality. And you can go in and you can take the potion from that book to give it to the person for money. But it will permanently alter the book, too. Uh, and you can interact with the characters in these books who are alive and have opinions on things. And there are decisions to make. Yeah. It, it I think, is a very effective storytelling method because it's just super cool. Like, I think a lot of people have, like, imagined the scenario. Like, what would it be like to go to your favorite fantasy thing or whatnot? Like, people always talk about, hey, what what universe of, like, a game or a movie or a book or something would you want to spend a year yeah. in or something? Super yeah. common. So I, I think this premise is just really solid and it's executed very well at the start. Um yeah, the, turns the out whole... if someone ever asks you that, uh, never take them up on the offer because magical <laughs> book spiders will try to kill you. Yeah, that that is the the story of this book. I um, was I was game. gooped. I was gooped when I saw like a giant spider come out and attack, and I was like, oh, we got like a we got like a turn based combat system now. Yeah. What's happening? <laughs> yeah, with some fun like ink magic based mechanics. Those were cool. The the different yeah. things you could use use ink for. And, like crafting. Like <laughs> yeah. Also, just, the, the, the thing that I was stuff. least enjoying was probably the combat i think it was at, yeah. at least maybe it gets better later on but at the, the until the part i was playing it was largely superfluous I, typically in point and clicks at least for me i prefer it if, if combat is if combat is fewer and far between and a lot more gimmicky than just normal yeah like also stuff. a puzzle like, yeah, like what we were talking about with uh, Monkey Island in the original games. There was a whole there. There's a few people that you can uh, fight uh, with, like you know, swashbuckling uh, fighting stuff. But the main mechanic of it is insulting people, and you need <laughs> to like collect all these different insults to come up with the perfect combination of yeah. uh, you. You fight like a cow, or uh, what a coincidence! You fight like a, a dairy farmer, or something like that. Yeah, I also think it reminds me of like Phoenix Wright, where you have you don't have actual combat, but you have the trials where you have to present evidence and like it's framed in this whole unique way, same way that Danganronpa works and whatnot. So I, I think that generally is a better approach to it, and at least at the point in this game that I ended at, which is partway through the second book, um, it feels like the combat's just kind of there. Like at no point was I did it feel particularly challenging or necessary. Like it kind of felt like they were like we want this to take a little longer, so we're going to throw a fight in. Uh, maybe it gets better later on. It, but also not, like, bad. It's not aggravating at all. It's just kind of a... It stands out as not as interesting as the rest of the game. I, I do love the micro-meta storytelling as well that you find within, like, each book as their yeah. twists unravel and things like that. Yeah, it's yeah. a super cool take on, on how to do this type of thing. Uh, you get, like, a little buddy in a lantern at your side that is a character from a different <laughs> book yeah. that we don't know yet. Uh, who helps you out at, with like meta knowledge, but your your own character doesn't want to spoil the book for them as you're walking through. <laughs> it was, and it was almost and like it's it's almost like playing a game and having a friend watching you play it and having the friend help you out from time speaking, to time. Speaking of multiplayer point and click, 
games. Yeah, you know, yeah. you know what I mean. It was it was really interesting. <laughs> yeah, and, and I think I also... the art style is gorgeous as well. Oh, oh yeah, beautiful, so beautiful. pretty. That's the main reason I pecked it, and then I stopped playing. Click, I'm just like double yes, cool. And and speaking of which, that character design where it's like you've got it's it's like the, the, book the, the spine of a book, and then and then like the pages are the hair. Oh, gorgeous. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> super cool so character. So cool. Design. So cool. <laughs> yeah, I, I think this is really a, a highlight of the games that we played this time. Because um, I don't think any of us had any expectations from this game because it came out recently. Uh, I don't think any of us heard a lot about it. I didn't know what it was. I didn't even know what genre it was in. I just I just wanted yeah. to go in like completely blind, and I was like, oh, this one, okay. <laughs> no clue until I, I judged the book by its cover and looked at it. Yeah, I mean, solid pick. Uh, I think this is probably the game of this batch that I'm most likely to finish. Uh, I don't know that I will because, as we've talked about before, this is an insane. We we have set a of lot of stuff coming up, and I'd like to. I am certainly not getting. I'm certainly not uninstalling it from game. Yeah, I have heard this game is not super long, so I, I might actually try to to run it through. I think I think like I, I saw someone like completed in like anywhere from four to eight hours so yeah you know, it, it's below 12 we can just check the xbox app does just tell you yeah six hours yeah. for main story seven hours for completionist so totally doable in a relatively quick amount of time but yeah super stylish uh the story is very convincing so far and i'm looking forward to seeing where it goes um very unique interpretations of the book ideas that it's doing like the whole the potion of immortality book you're going through what looks like a dungeon, and then you discover that actually it's a, a like cathedral that's been transported to the inside of a research institute because the person who, like the alchemist in it, is immortal. So they're basically having them stay there to create a new version of that potion over a super long amount of time. So, yeah, really cool idea. Uh, and then you like go on an adventure and have to like escape from the the like research institute at the end to go find them. It's fun. Uh, yeah. The second book is like a sci-fi Thor's hammer adventure where you have to go find <laughs> uh, you have to get Thor's hammer. Yeah. And I'll I'll say at this the second book point I haven't had to make any choices yet, so I'm curious to see when the choices come in in the second mm -hmm. book, but. Yeah, I think the majority of like the the choices so far, I've heard that there's like more impactful ones. The majority of them I've seen is like how book uh, certain characters in the books will view that you may or may not see again, but also how much you'll get paid if you'll get paid at all. Yeah. Uh, for Boy, oh, good forever. Yes. Yeah. Relatively simple game though. Um this one unlike Sea of Thieves is not a ton of complicated stuff to go over here, but I think just a really solid adventure. I'm just having a lot of entertaining watching Alex try to keep this season. <laughs> this is why we do the video podcast. <laughs> All right. Uh, anything else to say about Bookwalker? Wyatt, Alex, do you guys think you're going to try and finish this game? Uh, do you like it? What's your, your take? I, I have a hard time with point and click adventure games. And on paper, they should be totally my thing because I love narrative-based games, and a lot of games in this genre should really appeal to me. Small problem, uh, I, I have ADHD in the brain, which means the really slow games like this, or, or slower games like this, I, I, my, like, ADHD goes into overdrive mode, and it's like, I need mm -hmm. to be doing other things, so, like, I, 
when I was playing it, I was like, I really like the writing here. I like I, th this concept is so interesting. The art style is great, but I had to keep putting it down because of my stupid ADHD brain, my, my monkey brain. <laughs> <laughs> and, and that's a shame because there's so many, like I'm, I'm somewhat interested to go back and try, you know, older monkey Island games and stuff, but I just don't know if my brain would be able to, to like stay calm enough throughout the whole thing. <laughs> I would love to. I don't I don't know if I could make myself do it though. <laughs> yeah, you should try to finish Bookwalker and see how far you get. Especially if it's only six hours. I, I think you might have a good time. Uh, well, I, I do want to briefly mention there's another reason I might there, not finish There Bookwalker. is another problem for you, that's right. <laughs> yeah. There's another problem. Um while I was playing the game, I was getting screen burn in. Uh, which has never happened on this monitor before. I would like to mention it's not an OLED monitor. <laughs> um, and when I saw it, it was very intense. And it, like, scared the crap out of me because I got this bot this monitor relatively recently. Um, and I, like, worked really hard to get it. And to not have it even survive a year would uh, just, I I would lose it. Um, and so I don't want to go back to this game because it's the only game that has ever done that on this monitor. And I will have you know, I have sat in the Halo Infinite like multiplayer menu for quite a while before getting back into a match sometimes. Yeah, I also mentioned, why didn't I have the same monitor? I did not have this problem, so it's definitely like a monitor <laughs> production thing. It's, it's another it why problem thing? strikes because, again. Is it a monitor thing? Because there's games that I've left on the same, like, pause menu start screen for way longer than this game I have and it's no never idea. been an issue so the only time i've ever gotten burned in on my monitor is when i put my gamecube to go to my monitor playing one particular game WarioWare on the gamecube uh it was like gold mix or something and it went to my monitor it's got like a weird ui because it's a port of a, a game boy game so it's got like a four by three ui like blocker um that puts like you know how certain games will have artified sort of like cabinet sides basically that they put on you think it did that and those cabinet sides burned in for a little while and I was super confused and then only game it's ever happened for never happened again so I don't know man technology's wild I, the only thing I can I can think of is that like the the text in the start menu because I was getting a little bit of it while playing the actual game but it mostly came from the start the pause menu was that the text was white and i was like okay like if if you have a bright white you know light on the screen that tends to make it worse yeah but, but then there are other game colors will do it but, but again there's other games that have had white text like like very bold white text that i've sat in the most games use an off-white like the same way that our um our double on radio background screen is not pure white it's like a beige off-white a little bit just because that reduces mm -hmm. strain mm -hmm. for a lot of things so i think most tend to not do that it, it could very much just be this game is using pure white and that is causing the burn-in um on your particular monitor but you know respect to the developers uh no i'm good <laughs> <laughs> all right well let's talk about hard space shipbreaker now this is a uh, alex w's game he's not here today to be able to do it because he had a big power outage for uh, multiple days sucks uh but yeah hard space shipbreaker a i think i would guess most of you guys have not played a game like this before not i don't not really I have, no. no no 
So this is a, a spaceship deconstruction game where you're working for links and you gotta throw the parts to pay off your debt. You gotta deconstruct spaceships and, and get the parts sorted so you can make money to work off all the debt that you have acquired. And Ooh, well, purely by some, getting this something job. Um, something <laughs> something clear. a little bit like it that I played is uh, Teardown. Yeah, Teardown is a little bit similar. I I don't know if this will come as a surprise to you guys. I think this was my game for this episode. Like, my favorite game that I played. Really? I loved this game. I thought this I would was... drive you batty. What? <laughs> no! I've been, I, I was playing this literally up until the second before this podcast. Like, I came back to play yep. more of it. I I love it. <laughs> so I I have actually I've owned this game since early access because uh, the company that makes it um, let me make sure I'm getting their name right uh, made a lot of games they've done the um, Homeworld remasters they're doing Homeworld three so lots of other very good stuff Blackbird Interactive yeah they've they've done a lot of games that I've really liked uh, they did Minecraft Legends as well. Uh, so we played that game on this show as well. Um, interesting. Yeah, I, I think they're a good studio. They make, they make a lot of different stuff, but right now they're working on Homeworld 3. Or, yeah, Homeworld 3, I think, is the one they're on. The new Homeworld and not the remaster of an old one. Uh, and yeah, they they did this as like an early access game that they crowdfunded. Or not crowdfunded, but early funded through early access um, over the course of like three years and released it. And it's basically a like peaceful ship dismantling game i am curious what difficulty people played on uh i've, I've tried the one, where, all three you, difficulties. The one where you the one where your shifts aren't timed yeah i tried all the difficulties i found that i had the most fun in the untimed version where you can just kind of take it piece by piece and have fun dismantling a ship and not deal with time pressure um, i did i did standard yeah. and i i liked the pace that came from standard actually i i i think i would get too bored with just having all the time in the world to like dismantle the ship i think i i really like having that little bit of pressure because there's not at least from what i've played i i could see myself getting frustrated with this game if the debt that you're accumulating kind of comes to bite you in the ass later um because it's it, yeah, it, i'm it getting doesn't. a lot more I'm getting a lot more efficient at taking apart ships, but the first time I took apart a ship, I also had a very interesting first experience with this game where I, I think I accidentally hit free play and not career mm. where there's no tutorial, but I didn't know that at the time. So I just thought the game didn't have a tutorial or there was a bug or something. So through a combination of context clues and the internet, I figured out how to play. <laughs> And hey, then it's I went that you were able to figure out with context clues that they gave. And then I said, and then I, I saw, oh, there's a career mode where they have a, a tutorial. Went into the career mode, didn't give me a tutorial. I think it just bugged out, and I didn't get it like a tutorial <laughs> anywhere the entire game. So Aww. at first I was like, what's happening? What's going on? What? No one's telling me what to do. And then as I figured it out, I was like, oh, okay, I actually really like this. <laughs> this is cool. Yeah. You've also got a fun narrative going on with your uh, your buddies doing their own ship breaking in the different docks. Um, Fantastic voice acting. Yeah, really good voice acting. Oh, yeah. You've got a lot of different variety in terms of ships. There's only like three base classes, but they're very different based on if they're like a science ship or a cargo hauler ship or whatnot. You'll have different like hazards mm -hmm. in the ship, uh, different things you have to do. You can get like, once you get to the stage where you have reactors, 
you have to learn how to like clear a path to get the reactor to the barge as fast as possible so it doesn't go super critical and cause an explosion <laughs> in the middle of your I haven't doctor. gotten to anything that complicated yet. It's not super complicated. They're very easy to take care of, but it is a case of like you have to like pick the right moment to extract them and throw them in the barge because once you pull them out, you only have like a minute or so to get them to where they need to go. Um, I I could I could see myself getting bored with this game later on because I think yeah. the the part that I've been really enjoying is like slowly improving the efficiency of taking ships apart. It's like I I I put two and two together somewhat early on where I was like, oh yeah, if I use the if what, what's it called the little like not the tether but what's the 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 tool that the tether grapple. Uh, like you can use the grapple to like pull yourself closer to like buy more oxygen yeah, you can or, like, in. And, and so figuring out all those little tricks to like make things more efficient has been like so much fun and i'm trying to see like how few shifts can i tear apart a ship now and then like I'm, I'm like shaving off a bit of my time and i normally don't care about like time trials and stuff but for some reason there's something that is so engaging about systematically taking apart the ship that just like I, I want to get a little bit better and better at it every single time. Yeah, it helps. But with it's that, a very good looking game. This is a, oh yeah, a very pretty game. Uh, it's got good sound too. Oh yeah, yeah. The 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 particle effects for your like cutter, where like the sparks are coming out and stuff. That mm -hmm. looks. There's great. something about when I was playing this game that makes me worried about playing Starfield. <laughs> um, because like there, there's not spacewalking or anything in Starfield that I know of. Um, there's zero G. There's zero G, but we don't know if you can go zero G in space, which but, I would assume means you can't. But but my God, um, it, it, it this game was another motion sickness nightmare. Yeah, um, I figured me. this would be a hard one. We we picked some yeah, some yeah. bad games for Alex. <laughs> sea of Thieves uh, was also not great in that yeah, regard. Yeah, with the like spawning on the ship and it's just going. Yeah, it's... Oh well, and we and we started the game on the edge of a storm, so it was even like worse. <laughs> um, I it, it, I I usually like just like I guess somewhat mindless, but also you know just like tearing down stuff in in video games with destructible environments and things like that. I don't know why this one wasn't clicking because that maybe maybe it was like the the motion sickness. I, I have a feeling dominant it's or... stuff because. This game also has a HUD that like does the thing where it kind of moves with you when you move a little bit, and it jiggles and it doesn't stay in one place. Yeah, um, and I has before physical. and before this game was picked, I, I had recently saw there there was a, a video by a YouTuber Seth Sintech. I got I never know. Sintech. Sintech. Good old Seth. Uh, about this. Oh boy, the the final mission. I'd like to be able to play through this game to get to the final mission because it's so different uh, from the rest of them, but. But oh boy, my my tummy and head. Yeah, no. I I would say if you think you might like the gameplay of this, try a Pressure Washer Simulator. That's also on Game Pass. Or um, House Flipper is another good game, kind of like this. It's more complicated than Pressure Washer, but is very much a chill, relax, do your own thing. But it, it doesn't have anything that would make you motion sick. Whereas, for sure, Hard Space Shipbreaker has motion sickness stuff in it. Um. Because I think something that tends to help people with motion sickness, and correct me if I'm wrong here, Alex, is the having a HUD that is static and doesn't bounce yep. around. Yep, lack of lack of head bob, uh, not having to move around in three uh, directions. 
you only having having to worry having to, like, about like rotate and see the world like turn yeah. on its end yeah i can see how this game is kind of a perfect storm <laughs> this game this game also has uh like it, it got me right off the bat because the beginning intro where like you're setting up your character and you're like signing all these contracts it is so funny and so charming like i, yeah. I love where it's like oh you have to you have to um authenticate everything with your thumbprint and you have to like hold down the space bar and what what finger do you use to press down the space bar your thumb so it just felt like this great little like immersive element and like the yeah. um a lot of the instructions for the game is in like a uh like a terms and conditions like a like a eula type thing it's just it was so cute and i i, I that's another part of the game that i love is is just how like unapologetically horrible Lynx is as this like giant corporation that you're working for and i love too where like it shows you your debt and all of these things it implies essentially that you didn't have debt until you joined their company and then you acquired millions and millions of dollars of debt which is already funny but there's a screen that that like lists all out all of the uh the the things that you owe them essentially and then right at the bottom it says um like uh debt display screen so they're charging you just for showing you your yep. how much you owe them it's, it's so great it, <laughs> it's, it's really it's, funny yeah. it's like how trying to view your credit score makes it go down especially because the premise <laughs> yeah. is that you're joining this exactly. company because you were in a little bit of debt and couldn't get out of it and so then, you're like oh well, now it's high paying job and now oh, it's so it's much worse. worse yeah and it's so subtle too like it's it doesn't um it's not obnoxious and in your face. I feel like the uh like they they tuned it just right in that in that regard. Yeah, it's very funny the startup here, and I think you can see now why I was excited for Minecraft Legends from the studio that made this, yeah. and and why I'm disappointed. In Minecraft <laughs> Legends. I think uh, retroactively I'm more disappointed now. Yeah, retroactively, <laughs> like I saw the heights that they went to, and then. <laughs> um yeah I, I think this is definitely a great game uh it's something that i'll oh, yeah. probably keep coming back to i've never gotten super far in um but i always come back and and do whatever do a ship every now and then just have a fun time playing a space themed dismantlement game where you can rapidly depressurize an environment and send yourself rocketing <laughs> in a the wrong direction and what is explosive decompression games? in this game wyatt later on <laughs> I can't wait. I, I just, I love a lot of the problem solving that they have you do. Like, I remember the first ship I was doing, I stripped everything right down to its, like, skeleton, right? And it yeah. was just, like, the, but it was too heavy to, like, move around. So I was like, what do I do? <gasps> and then I, I, I saw, like, the structural beams, and I cut them in half, and then it cut into two separate pieces, and then I was able to move like, those. Now it's like, now oh, it's not to move. That's great. I think you and, will like, really enjoy this game more as you get in, Wyatt, because they start adding layers onto that, of, like, now you have to deal with electricity is a hazard and so you need to find like junction boxes and tear them out so that the ship doesn't I, I, electrify I do, you i do have the like hazard clearance to do that i don't i don't think i haven't done any of those ships yet but i am like cleared to, to do those yeah the electricity ones are not too bad but once you get to decompression reactor. and reactors it's a lot more interesting especially with like the time pressure uh that you went with i think will be very fun yeah. to solve those I... problems when I saw what kind of game it is, I was like, okay, I, I guess I'll, I'll play it for an hour and a half or two. And then I was like, this is 
I like surprised myself. I was like, "This is." Well, that's why we do this show is to, to try and like yeah. surprise ourselves with games that we wouldn't have otherwise liked or or and ever tried. If, and and even if it's a like a survival game situation, we're all play it for a bit and get really into it, and then as the the like pressure kind of subsides, I I kind of lose interest. Even if that happens for this game, it's on Game Pass. It's fine. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's, that just means it's a great Game Pass game for that in in a different way. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, I think we've, we've all talked about our impressions of this game. Uh, Alex, I apologize for giving you motion sickness. <laughs> I think almost every, unavoidable. every game 50%. that he didn't pick was a horrible yeah, motion a sickness bad. nightmare. Oh, yeah, three times. <laughs> so hopefully uh, the next one will be lighter. Our next game Please pick for a game 2D Pass side game scroller, our next I game, beg you. Our next game for Game Pass, we're not going to do any space games because, you know, yeah, that no space games, won't, you know, won't nothing crazy. That being uh, said, <laughs> being said, it's Starfield. Um, our next episode <laughs> is going to be entirely Starfield focused uh, because it's coming out on Game Pass and we're all interested in playing it anyway. We figure we'll just use the episode next month to do a Starfield themed episode. Uh, we're not probably not going to do a full spoiler <laughs> cast, at least that month. We might do a full spoiler cast later on. But I know I'm not gonna get any of the main story done. Yeah, it's like not, I don't think any of us are gonna finish the game by the time that we normally do this show every month, month and a half. I don't so. know. I can I, am... I can know life a game pretty well. So with I can with, I can do with, that <laughs> with the interviews that have come out. I am I think I have a theory, and I am so excited to find out why the new game plus is story relevant. Like yeah, they, they, they believe some the wild stuff in these interviews, and I'm very excited to see what that actually means. Um, yeah, we'll, we'll we'll have a full Starfield centric episode. We'll probably talk about it a little bit at the uh, in two weeks on the podcast after we've all gotten a chance to play it a bit, and then yeah, we'll we'll go into a full episodes length Game Pass style discussion about it and talk about the the stories that we have played and what parts of the game we're doing. So I think we're all planning to do pretty different builds. So it'll be exciting to see how different our experiences are, um, and then we'll return to the regular format the month after that. So. We'll have a, a nice break from the usual and do a Starfield-centric episode uh, while Brett and I also use the extra time to play Armored Core because <laughs> <laughs> we're losing our minds over Armored Core. Um, yeah, that's the episode. We're going to do shout-outs now. Who's got something to shout-out? I'll, I'll start. Um, so to prepare for Starfield, uh, I, I picked out a, a, a relatively well-known sci-fi character that I want to replicate for my build. That being Malcolm Reynolds from the show Firefly, which is what I'm going to shout out because it's one of my favorite TV shows of all time. Disclaimer: Joss Whedon's a prick. He's a he's a piece of shit, and I I hate him. But unfortunately, he's a really good writer, <laughs> and he made one of my favorite shows of all time. I hate him, but I love this show so much. And if you haven't seen it, it's on Hulu. Please watch it. It's it's fantastic. I have a shout out. Posing from out of frame. <laughs> I have a shout out because I was originally accidentally almost going to shout out a product, but I'm not going to do that. Instead, I'm going to show what I. Oh, oh, this is going to get interesting. <laughs> I just saw you What's trying to happening? lift that, and I'm so concerned. Instead, instead, What's I'm going happening? to show what I made for dinner. <laughs> I was like, do you just have a full skillet out? <laughs> <laughs> it's a skin funny. There's that little. It is a nice little. It's a nice little summery soup with or with orichetti and uh, and uh, 
They cut ham and some spring peas in it. Nice. Everyone on this then, podcast yeah. is a better is a better chef than me, and it's embarrassing. <laughs> I just love the. For a second, I thought Alex was going to pull out a sword, but the way he was holding it, I was like, "What's going on?" Um, I thought maybe it was going to be a giant like Gundam bottle or something. Yeah, so no. I've, I've got a two part yeah, shout out to do. Uh, first part is just Armored Core. It's really good. Go play Armored Core 6. Uh, it's excellent. Very difficult. Be aware. It is probably more difficult than most Souls games. Oh. <laughs> but in a different way. It's, it's difficult in that you need to have the right build going into things. And if you are if you feel like you're bashing into a wall, you probably are. And just quit the mission and go change your build. Uh, or buy some new parts. Because it's probably the parts you're using and not your actual skill. Uh, Armored Core is a very different game than, than Souls. Like, because of that, but they've they've oh. designed Armored Core so like you can sell things back at the price that you bought them. Just and just in case there was the player, anyone else, the build. just in case there's anyone else out out there that thought that they were making another Souls like nah. <laughs> For reference, <laughs> no. I I ha- did two dozen tries on Baltheus because I didn't buy the gun that they suggested you buy before the fight, and so I was stubborn and didn't do that, and I couldn't beat him, and so I quit the do mission, often- bought the gun. And then came back and beat him in one try. Is Baltheus the big missile guy? Yep. That's not the helicopter. Yeah. He's Did the big missile lord. Are you like like suggested uh, equipment before you head out, or? Uh, not really. In that scenario, it kind of does. It goes, "Hey, will you just unlock this new gun? It's really good against shields." Um, you don't see that enemies using shields until the mission after, so you may not have bought it. But if you do, you just quit and then go back and buy it. You don't ever lose more than like 10, 20 minutes of progress if you quit a mission. Um, and you you can redo your build anytime you die. You just can't buy new parts. So if you had the part already and just didn't have it equipped, you could easily change it out uh, at the checkpoint instead of having to go back and buy it. But I was a fool and didn't buy it. And so I had to go get it. Uh, second half of the shout out. Goes to Tyrone. Now, Tyrone, I don't know if either of you two know about the story of Tyrone, okay? Tyrone is a Starfield leaker. <laughs> he leaked a bunch of oh. Starfield information. Not, yeah. not good information or anything. Like, he's not a good leaker. What happened is he stole a bunch of stuff from his warehouse. <laughs> from a warehouse that he works at. He was selling it well, on I a Mercari store. Yes, yes, yes. And leaked Starfield footage, and in the Starfield footage that he leaked, which was a terrible quality vertical phone video with a baby crying in the background, as every good leak should be. Oh my uh, god. He's talking about his store and, like, advertises his store and shows his face and shows his Xbox gamer tag. And, like, I'm, his store is not, like, a small amount of stolen goods. It's, like, he's selling pallets of things. Like, he sold 60 copies of Just Dance 2022. And, like, how do you acquire that? There are that? 60 people who want to buy Just Dance 2022? <laughs> well, it There's a reason sold, those games so... are still made. <laughs> yeah, it, wild. I don't... It's so not a smart person about this whole situation. That's Very much tried so to use funny. it to get clout. Uh, and, yeah, he added store and he's been arrested on felony theft. <laughs> We're not going to talk about the leaks or anything. We're No Starfield oh, spoilers here. But, man, what a funny story. <laughs> That's, That's hilarious. So what an incredible uh, story. Hopefully, Tyrone That's rethinks his thieving ways and gets back out on good behavior. Now, that's the end of our show. What a way to end it. <laughs> way to end it with the story of Tyrone. What a way to end it. 
Oh, Tyrone. Now to find a time pod until Starfield comes out. <laughs> Just I sit know. in the corner. Yeah, Dude, is, is his sentence going from 30 to 28 years with good behavior? <laughs> I, I'm, I'm trying really hard to keep my hype in check, 